Greetings, my name is Anthony Fort. I'm a songwriter and composer from the UK, and I created this podcast to stimulate a deeper discussion of the creative process. I have a PhD in music theory from Columbia University in New York, and I've taught composition at the University of Cambridge. And one thing I've learned over the years is that when it comes to being creative, technical knowledge is not enough. When we are being creative, we are using our minds in a different way, and it's that different way of using our mind that I'm interested in exploring. In the past couple of days, I've been thinking about what makes music sound corny. Uh, now, despite the funny language, this is a surprisingly fraught topic, and not one I'm sure I can do justice to, though I think I can make some interesting and, dare I say, provocative observations. Uh, the sequence of thoughts that led me here was quite interesting in itself, so I'm actually going to talk a bit about that first. Uh, one thing that's been starting to concern me a little bit is the idea that by devoting more time to songwriting, I'm actually becoming a bit more self-absorbed as a person, uh, which isn't a personality trait I'm all that keen on nurturing. Especially recently, I've been making an extra effort to treat songwriting as an exercise in introspection. I've been telling myself that my job as a songwriter is to make a journey inwards to gather up the interesting feelings and then take them back to the surface to report to the listeners in my songs. In theory and in practice, this seems like a meaningful activity and I've certainly been feeling pretty good about it overall. Uh, but I have noticed occasions in social situations where I've caught myself talking as if the most interesting topic of discussion in the whole world is the bundle of thoughts that make up my mind. And this just doesn't feel great, nor I suspect does it come across too well either. Um, I think the problem with being self-absorbed is that it turns the task of being happy into a much more complicated problem than I think it needs to be. If I'm socially engaged with someone uh, such that I'm not thinking about myself, I'm, I'm probably going to be in a pretty good mood more times than not. So at the very least, if I'm going to continue this commitment to songwriting, I think I need to consciously balance that with sort of group-based socialising, uh, maybe sports or volunteering or something like that, just something to get my, to keep me out in the open, so to speak. Um, but then it got me thinking, what would it be like to consciously set out to write songs that are the opposite of self-absorbed? However well something seems to be working, and as I just said, I'm feeling pretty jazzed about the idea of songwriting as a process of introspection, um, I think it's always interesting to consider doing the exact opposite. Um, but it was in posing this question that I started to foresee certain pitfalls that could come with trying to write about something external. And this is what ultimately led me to think about corniness, uh, as you will see. So corny music, to my mind, is different to cheesy music. Cheesy music is what you might call a guilty pleasure. Uh, for a while I didn't like the term guilty pleasure because I thought it seemed strange that we should feel guilty over something as harmless as liking a particular piece of music. However, I have more recently uh, reinstated this word back into my vocabulary because it does capture something interesting about um, how we do think about the way our tastes are judged by other people. Um, we do worry about these things, whether whether we want to believe that about ourselves or not. I know I certainly do. Um, so normally, when I call something cheesy, I like the music in question. Uh, but I've had to go through this thought process of saying, like, hmm, 
I'm probably not supposed to like this or to like it as much as I do, but who cares? I'm going to make a point of coming out and saying I like it anyway. So I think that to call music cheesy is to pay it a compliment really, albeit one a compliment that is somewhat backhanded. With cheesy music, what we seem to be embarrassed by is the ease by which the music captures our emotions with seemingly emotionally childish material. It's faintly disturbing to us that we are so easily moved. But we learn to accept this and actually we can learn to celebrate our sentimentality and see it as a sign that we're just a good, fun, emotionally stable person, I guess. But to me, to call music corny is to express a dislike for it, even though corny music shares notable characteristics with cheesy music. Uh, like cheesy music, corny music exploits what you might call the, the low-hanging fruit of musical and lyrical emotional expression. So what's the difference between them? So first of all, let's talk about how we feel when we listen to corny music. Corny music, unlike cheesy music, makes us uncomfortable and unlike cheesy music, it's not a discomfort that we're particularly keen or interested in overcoming. When we decide to let a cheesy song into our hearts, that decision is preceded by a weighing up of the costs and benefits of doing so. This is, this is all unconscious, I think. I'm not a psychologist, by the way. I'm just, this is my, my amateur theory of it all. Um, but accepting that we like the song, accept, accepting that we like that particular song means we have to accept a slightly un uncomfortable truth about ourselves. Um, but the benefits of doing so are that it makes life more fun. In these instances, we are aware that the music is manipulating us, it's playing with our emotions and showing us that we are not quite as, as uh, in control of our emotions as we thought and we're we're more easily swayed than we maybe would like to admit to ourselves. And that's where the discomfort is. And similarly with corny music, we instantly feel that the music or whoever wrote the music or whoever is performing the music, we feel that they are trying to pull at our heartstrings. And when you have the impression that the music is corny, that is your mind pushing back at the attempted manipulation. The music is urging you to try and feel a certain way, uh, normally a more emotionally vulnerable way, and your mind is responding and saying no thank you. Now what makes corny music particularly annoying, and this is what I started to fear when I imagined uh, what would happen if I tried writing more outward themed songs, is that it can make us as listeners feel doubly bad. Uh, depending on the topic that the song is dealing with. Um, often, corny music will latch on to a genuinely important societal theme. And uh, what I find is that corny music makes me want to make jokes and parodies about the music. Um, but then, by extension, it's as if I'm making jokes and parodies of things I wouldn't necessarily want to joke about. And that's what makes me feel bad. And I, and I, I blame corny music for, for leading my mind down that, that kind of path. 
And I think that's part of the reason why I've always enjoyed the music of Steely Dan. I know I talk about them a lot. Uh, but the characters in their songs are not people I'm supposed to like. They're often delinquents, but delinquents with no redemption story. And because I'm not feeling like they're trying to manipulate me, interestingly, Steely Dan's music actually opened me up emotionally. I often feel charged and and listening to their music. I find it life-affirming, even though the characters are are so dark in so many cases. Um, so let's try and get closer to understanding what is off-putting about corny music. Um, like any product of a human mind it is uh, that's been put out into the world, it is a signal. Uh, you could call it a virtue signal. Um, virtue signaling is a topic that fascinates me. Um, I know personally that I do it all the time. Uh, I'm doing it right now. By demonstrating my awareness of virtue signaling, I'm demonstrating a degree of self-awareness and maybe intellectual awareness. And I'm displaying those traits in order to garner respect um, from my audience. Interestingly, uh, as a side note, thinking about virtue signaling is a great way to understand the pitfalls of self-absorbed thinking that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. Um, it's impossible to escape virtue signaling. So if you become self-absorbed and you're trying to think hard about how you're supposed to behave, what you will find is that it's impossible for you to find an answer that isn't selfish and self-absorbed because all of your behavior in some respect is selfish. So in a way, it's, it's the, what this shows us is that it's better to try not to be self-absorbed and just to get out in the world and put your attention in other people instead and what they want. Um, but to get back to corny music, with corny music there is this desperation to the virtue signalling. The, um, the sentiment is so blatant that we sense underneath that the person doing the signalling must be emotionally fragile. And emotionally fragile in a way that makes them off-putting to other people. In corny music, the, the message is so simplistic and poorly thought through, it's as if the person creating it is trying to kid themselves and convince themselves of some delusional, positive, love-filled worldview. And this means the, so the song lacks power and conviction because if someone is delusional, it's hard to believe in their vision and so it's hard to share their positivity. Suppose, for example, the song describes some positive utopian future. When I hear that in a corny song, I ask myself, how long are these people actually going to maintain this positive state of mind once the song is over? Uh, five minutes? If you actually imagine these characters continuing to live out their lives, it's, it's, it's impossible to believe. Now, in theory, this fragility that is communicated could actually be artistically beautiful because it's a genuine display, albeit not a deliberate one, but a genuine display of vulnerability. If you agree with my interpretation of corny music so far, you would have to agree that the persona in the song is displaying their vulnerability for everyone to see. 
And the interesting and revealing thing is that it shows us the limit of the listener's goodwill. The listener is a human being and while in theory we might want to believe that we are receptive to all stories of fragility and suffering, what corny music shows us is that we're actually more cautious about what we're willing to let into our emotional world um, than most people probably would be ready to admit. At least that's what I think about myself and what I suspect about many other people as well in general. Um, now on further reflection, this is also true for inward-facing, you know, introspective songs as well. Uh, for example, just imagine someone singing a love song, but sort of singing it quite badly, and they're, they're singing with all this emotion, but instead of the listener having the impression that this is a profound kind of love, instead we make the conclusion that the singer or the writer is just less worldly, less experienced, less deep than we are. There's social comparison happening here. To the person singing, the song could have been an appropriate deep expression of a genuine feeling. But to a listener who finds it corny, the listener is comparing their impression of themselves to their impression of the singer and concluding no, that wasn't a significant life event. That was an event in an insignificant life. And it sounds cruel to say something like that, but that's why I hate corny music, because it makes me think these things. That's where the anger comes from. But by extension and in conclusion, it's highly possible, if not highly probable, uh, that some people would find my music corny. I would not be surprised if uh, some people hear my quote-unquote vulnerable lyrics as attempts to manipulate and pull at heartstrings. And uh, they are attempts, because I'm virtue signalling all the time. And I guess what I'll be reflecting more on this week is the subjective element in all this. If all or almost all behaviour involves virtue signalling, i.e. attempts to manipulate others to make them think differently about ourselves, then what makes corn music corny has possibly more to do with the attitudes of the listener than the attitudes of the composer. The composer's attitude is fixed. They're always signalling. But it's what the listener makes of it that determines whether the music will sound corny or cheesy or something else. What are the costs and benefits to the listener if they open up um, to this emotional fragility of a corny song. Um, one lasting thought, uh, perhaps this idea is an interesting counter-argument to the argument I put forward in my episode on uncomfortable lyrics. Um, in that episode I put forward the idea that maybe we make mis this mistake as songwriters that we try to be sort of too clever with our lyrics and too artistic and we're losing some of the emotional potency and directness. Um, so this is what I'm now pondering is I suspect we all, every person wants to be moved by music. We, we sort of want to be manipulated by it uh, because it makes us feel something. But perhaps some of us are more willing than others to have ourselves moved. And maybe for those of us who are more reluctant, 
perhaps we need our emotions wrapped up in highbrow language and savvy musical procedures, not because we're more sophisticated and cultured, but because we're more frigid and repressed. And maybe that's what being sophisticated is, it's just being more repressed. See, I told you this was a fraud topic, and uh, so I'm going to stop there, but thank you very much for listening. Have a great day.